Well, good morning and welcome uh, to our online service this morning for this Pentecost Sunday. Uh, it was really great that we're able to gather together. Um, you know, we would, uh, I keep saying this, don't we? we would prefer to be in the one space together, I'm sure, on this day. Um, but this is uh, an opportunity for us to gather on, in the Zoom room uh, and online together to worship Jesus. And so um, uh, the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray and I'm going to hand over to Ben and Vicky, who are going to lead us in some worship this morning. And, and as we've been talking, our, our heart's desire really is that our hearts would be open to what God might want to do. Um, you know, we've experienced over the last few weeks where God, uh, by his spirit, has been doing something uh, among us as a community. And we know from some of the testimonies and words that have been coming back of God just doing some some work in and through us. And so let us um, let us come with expectation today that uh, that God will do what he wants to do in and through us for his glory. And so, Lord, we thank you for your amazing grace. We thank you for your your, your love for us, your compassion for us. We thank you, God, that you pour out your spirit upon us and allow us uh, uh, to, to, to be called sons and daughters of God. You, you uh, work in us to redeem and to restore, but you empower us so that we might be the kind of people that you've called us to be, to be on mission with you. And so today, as we worship in song, as we hear from your word, as we open our hearts to you, uh, Lord, would you fill us afresh, we pray, uh, for a fresh season of mission and ministry to Stratford and beyond. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Savior, your name lifted high, oh God, you have 
together this Pentecost and we ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill us afresh. We meet this morning to, to seek God, to seek his kingdom, to seek his righteousness. It doesn't matter that we're parted, we all seek the same thing. There is unity in our separation. Thank you, Lord, that it's you who can unite us. It's you who can keep us together through your Holy Spirit this morning.
Okay. 
But oh 
moment John is, uh, is going to speak and lead us in, uh, in, into uh, Pentecost and understanding what that means for us and as a people. But that song uh, that we've just sung, um, it really just it paves the way uh, because it talks about a surrender, about putting some stuff aside. And, you know, and often uh, we want we we want the activity of the spirit. We want to we want to walk in obedience. We want to do what is right, but it it does just mean us surrendering our lives and uh, and walking in obedience and saying, Lord, use me and fill me. And so I'm going to pray. Just want to let you know about a few things before John speaks. But I want to pray really just as we uh, uh, continue in our service this morning. So Lord, you see uh, the depth of our hearts, you see the struggles, you see the challenges, you see the things that uh, concern us, you see the things that hold us. And in this moment, Lord, on this Pentecost Sunday, we know that we don't have to wait for a particular Sunday in the month uh, or in the year to, to encounter you, to be filled afresh with you, to lay things aside, but we take this moment as a as a, a moment in the calendar, in the church, in the history of the church, where you uh, poured out your spirit on a people who were hungry for you, who were walking in obedience and were waiting patiently. And so in this moment, Jesus, as we wait together, as we surrender together, as we open our hearts and our ears to hear together, would you see a, a people who are longing for you, longing to, to walk in obedience and to be involved in the things that you're involved in? So take this moment, Lord, as we prepare, as we prepare our hearts to receive. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Ben, Vicky, thank you so much for leading us. And we may well, um, we may come back to that song uh, a little bit later. We'll see. Um, but just really appreciate the way that you lead sensitively and have led sensitively this, this morning. So there's a couple of things I just need to let you know about. Uh, so this afternoon at 2 p.m., there's a, a, a virtual Pentecost. Uh, now, this is not just our church. There's a, this is a bit of a movement going on. I believe there's 45,000 people who've signed up to join online at 2 p.m. for this virtual virtual Pentecost moment. Now, uh, I think there's a, there'll be maybe a moment coming up in our uh, in the chat there for you to get some more information, but you can do a quick Google search and you'll get th that information as well. I think it's also been put out into our in our newsletters um, and emails. Sorry, newsletters, that seems really old, doesn't it? Uh, our our e-news e over the course of the last week. Um, the other thing to say is that Elam Missions are running a, a COVID-19 appeal. Now, this is you may you may have heard of this already, you may have given to this already. This has been ongoing for about 13 months now or so. And we've together as Elam raised over 80,000 pounds that has been able to be distributed 
to many nations who have really and it's and it's and it's done good it's helped people be fed it's helped people live it's, it's put some uh, uh, essential goods into their hands that enabled communities and families and people who otherwise would have struggled now you'll appreciate that this whilst in the uk things are, are loosening down a little bit where lockdown looks like it may may come to an end and all of that kind of stuff but for nations of the world that's just not possible you have seen reports about um, India, Nepal, um, no doubt Brazil, where cases are, are still so, so high. Um, so we're keeping the appeal going. Now, if you're able to, and you, you possibly can, there's a moment that's just coming up in the chat here. Um, you can give to this appeal and it will go and help uh, people in, in places, like I say, in India with essential uh, medical and food supplies. Um, in fact, you, Phil, I think you might have a video that we could maybe show very briefly uh, of Renew, one of our partners, who can just give a bit of an indication as to how, how your giving would help. Uh, India is going through a very, very tough time, or probably tough is not even the word, crazy time, or probably the nation is totally out of control. Um, you would have definitely heard about what's happening in India, especially with the COVID situation. Uh, right now, we are experiencing close to half a million fresh cases every day. And we see more than 5,000 deaths. And uh, right now, everybody, the entire nation is pushed back into poverty. Uh, right now, they're saying the recession is so much that uh, it's at minus 23 uh, percentage, and which was supposed to be at 8, it's at minus 23 percentage. And uh, India has gone back 45 years. That's the current state of India. Right now, it's affecting everybody, not just the old, but the middle-aged, the young, even the kids. And right now we don't have hospitals, we are running short of beds, no beds, no oxygen and thousands and thousands of people are on the road right now standing, you know, fighting for oxygen uh, and for injections. Life-saving drugs are not available and most importantly, uh, nearly 11 million people have lost job in the recent times, the last 10-15 days, in a half month, people, 11 million people have lost jobs and the people literally don't have money even to buy food. So. That's the current state of India and we don't know how we want to recover from this except for an international supernatural intervention. Only God can turn back things and we really need the support of everybody and we need prayers. And the nation has also has gone into lockdown and even in our city from Monday we started complete lockdown, complete shutdown. So we as a church every day we are running food drives to reach out people on the streets and people who are infected. And there are many, many poor families where the mothers and fathers have been taken away from the children and the children, no young children, two, three years, they're all on roads and uh, they've not been taken care of, no food. So as a church, we're running food drives. As a church, we're trying to arrange hospitals, oxygen. People are in very serious and critical conditions. In fact, many hospitals are rejecting people who are old. And in fact, uh, there, are, there are killings of people whom we've heard where People have just been killed and because they needed space in the hospital. A lot of illegal drugs are sold. People are dying because they've taken illegal drugs. Vaccines are not available. And uh, the situation here is very, very bad. And uh, we don't know whether people will be able to survive for the next one month. So I humbly request you all to hold us in your prayers. I know you're already praying for us, but continue to hold us in your prayers and support us in uh, whatever way is possible. That's great. Thanks, Phil. So you can hear just the, the level of, of seriousness that, in, that COVID is impacting uh, India. And uh, you can, so you can give and you can also pray 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. 
we are there's, there's a, a, a prayer meeting for the nations we're praying for india and other nations so if you want to know more about that then i'm sure we can put a link in the chat if it's not already there um, for you to join in with those uh, and finally just the in-person gathering next week um information will be coming out via e the, e the email uh, this week for those of you who are going to be there in person for those who aren't able to be there in person uh, the content and the video will be made available uh, later along with the audio as well. So that's it from me. Um, John, it's it's over to you. Thanks, Ian. And thanks, Ben and Vicky, as well. Um, just a real sense of God's presence this morning. And we're going to continue to worship now, continue to just um, give uh, uh, value and honour and glory to God as we just gather around his words. So if you've got your Bibles or you've got a device, turn it on. Uh, we're going to be in Acts 2. Uh, it is Pentecost Sunday, so we're going to be in Acts. Uh, we're going to do a bit of a Bible study through a journey through Acts. But uh, keep your finger in there and flick uh, to Joshua uh, chapter 3, because we're in the middle of a series. I say the middle. I have no idea when this is going to end. This could last the whole year for us. We don't know. Um, God's just speaking through his story uh, in the people of God, their journey with Joshua as their leader. And it just feels like it's resonating with where we are as a church community at the moment. Um, and so um, I, I just want us to start in Joshua and then we'll move into Acts um, because it's such a significant moment in Joshua that I think parallels something of what we're seeing in Pentecost and for us as a church as well. Uh, because today is Pentecost and it literally just means 50. It is 50 days after Easter. And so uh, we're going to look at that moment in Acts 2. But in Joshua, what we see is by the time we get to Joshua 3, we're going to jump forward. We've been pretty much just journeying through Joshua chapter 1, but we're going to jump forward to ja uh, Joshua 3, where they cross over into the Jordan. Uh, don't worry, we're going to move back into the, the early part of Joshua. I just sense we are as a church, that place of preparation before God calls us to step into certain things. Um, but I just I was reading Joshua 3 this week and just could see something of, of this journey of the people of God um, and what it means for us. Um, and so uh, let me just read Joshua chapter three, uh, verses one to three, and then we'll jump down to verse 14 in Joshua three. It says this. Joshua started early the next morning and left the Acacia Grove with all the Israelites. They went as far as the Jordan and stayed there before crossing. After three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God carried by the Levitical priests, you are to break camp and to follow it. I'm going to read on verse four. It may not come up on the screen, but let me just read this. It says, but keep a distance of about a thousand yards between yourselves and the ark. Do not go near it so that you can see the way to go. for you haven't traveled this way before. And then jump down to verse 14. It says this. When the people began to broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carried the ark of the covenant ahead of the people. Now, the Jordan overflows its banks throughout this uh, throughout the harvest season but as soon as the priests carrying the ark reached the Jordan their feet touched the waters at its edge and the water flowing downstream stood still rising up in a mass that extended as far as Adam a next uh, a city next to Zarethan the waters flowing downstream into the sea of the Arabath the Dead Sea was completely cut off and the people crossed opposite Jericho the priests carrying the ark of the Lord's covenant stood firmly on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan while all Israel crossed on dry ground until the entire nation had finished crossing the Jordan what just an amazing moment that I want us to look at more uh, in the future but this this is the people of God crossing the floodwaters of the Jordan but do you notice something that that as as we read that there's this this thing called the Ark of the Covenant that seems to play such a prominent role. As they set out, they're following the Ark. They're encouraged to make sure they can see the Ark as they step in. 
we made it. It's made plainly clear that the priests are carrying this thing called the Ark of the Covenant, which was this ornate box that if you go back into Exodus, Exodus 25 and, and other places, you can see that God uh, speaks to Moses and says with very specific instructions uh, about the construction of this box. And it was the Ark of the Covenant. And, and for Israel, the Ark of the Covenant meant the presence of God. It was it was significant the size, the materials, what it was to look like, what was inside. It was all significant. And it, it was the it was the place where God would say, I'm going to meet with my people. So it meant the presence of God. So carrying the ark meant we have the presence of God. And the writer of Joshua is not going to let us forget that as the people go, the significant thing is that they have the ark. 17 times in chapters three and four, the ark of the covenant is mentioned. And so we're not going to forget the significance of this 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 uh, piece of furniture that represents the presence of God in this crossing over moment. Clearly, we need to understand that it's God himself that leads the people into the fullness of their inheritance. That's what this series about Joshua stepping into our inheritance, that outside of the presence of God, you're unable to step into the fullness that he has. It's not their determination. It's not their power or their strength, but it's the presence of God. And he's the one that brings them into this new way of living, into the fullness of what he has for them. So just as crossing the Jordan brought the people out of one dimension of living from wilderness into promise, into the fullness of that promise. That's what we see in Acts as well. This day that we celebrate is Pentecost. We see this coming out of one dimension of living into another dimension of living by the, by the power and presence and person of the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to flick into Acts. And Acts chapter one, we see that Jesus is telling his disciples, his closest followers, he says to them in Acts one, four, he says, do not leave Jerusalem. Don't don't go anywhere. Don't rush off. Don't panic. Don't don't do anything that I've not asked. Just wait here in Jerusalem for the father's promise, which he said, you have heard me speak about for John baptized with water. But you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. Now, they, they didn't know what this meant. They hadn't got a, a frame of reference as to what this baptism in the spirit meant. All they knew that, got, uh, that Jesus was telling them, you've got to wait. You've got to wait here. See, what Jesus is doing is intentionally creating faith and expectation in his followers. He's saying you, you, you need to stay and wait for something. There's an expectation that they're going to receive the power and the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit. And he says in Acts, in Acts 1, 8, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You'll receive power because the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. That without the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be able to do that which I'm calling you to do. Without the spirit, you will not have the power of God. Without the power of God, you'll not be able to step into the fullness of being able to be all that I'm calling you to be in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the ends of the earth. And so they wait. And we see in Acts 2, uh, this moment that we remember today and we celebrate today and that impacts every part of our life. And Acts 2 verse 1 just says this, when the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. We're not, we may not be all together in one physical place, but you're taking this moment right now and we are all together in this moment, in this place. And my prayer is that, that God is going to move amongst us today. When they were all together in one place, suddenly a sound like a violent rushing wind came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were, where they were staying. They saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and rested on each of them. Then they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them. 
wow, just this amazing moment that, that they've waited. And in the middle of this, it's, it's during a Jewish feast. It's the Jewish feast of weeks, the first harvest. It's where they remember the giving of the Ten Commandments to Moses. And here we see the fullness of the giving of the Holy Spirit to those who were gathered. And it says all when they were all together in one place, just as Israel crossed that Jordan in Joshua three, the priests are carrying the ark, the presence of God, holding black the floodwaters. And it says they stood on dry ground until all of Israel had crossed over. Here we see all the people that were gathered in one place in one time. Church, I want to encourage you this morning. Say the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, baptism in the spirit is not for a select few. It's not for those select few that get it and everybody else misses out. Those spiritual elite that understand and everybody else doesn't get a doesn't get a look in. It involves showing up when they were all together in one place. It involves waiting on God. Wait here until the promise comes. It requires faith. And I love that this is a collective encounter. It's not just one individual. This is a community of people experiencing the presence, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit together. And it's tangible. There was the sound of wind and the sight of tongues of fire. This isn't something metaphorical and something to spiritualize. It's tangible and it is present. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. They saw, they heard, they spoke in tongues, languages that none of them had learned, that the people around them could hear their own language being spoken. Did everybody understand what was happening in that moment? I don't think so, because if we journey through Acts 2, what we see is that in Acts 7, it says that there were some who were utterly amazed. See, when the move of the spirit comes, we'll have the committed. You have those that are just like, yes, come on, God, start to move. We're committed to you. But then we see in verse 12, there's the confused. We've got the committed and the confused. Verse 12, it says some are asking, what does this mean? We, we don't get this. And then in verse 13, we see the critical. Those that say these people are drunk. What, what they are, what we are seeing in front of us now can be nothing but the influence of alcohol. See, when they move the spirit, we often find people are committed, confused or critical. But these people, they were not drunk. What they were actually experiencing was the fullness of promise. They were stepping into an inheritance. And Peter, he gets it in this moment because he stands up after what we've just read. He starts to stand up and he starts to speak to these people that are gathered, that have just heard uh, their own language being spoken by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. And he starts to share with them the story of Jesus. Uh, and it says that uh, and he starts to read out and say, guys, what we're experiencing right now is something that God promised and Joel spoke of. And he says in verse uh, 17, he says, and it will be in the last days. This is Peter declaring what God spoke through Joel. He says, I, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Then your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And I will even pour out my spirit on my servants in those days, both men and women, and they will prophesy. So you might think at the end of the talk this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to invite the spirit of God just to come and fill us. And we are going to do that. Uh, and, and you might be tempted to think that's great. All, all well and good. Everyone's going to get it except me. Everyone's going to feel a quiver in their liver, start speaking in tongues. All oh, she came in a Honda. And but it's not going to be me. Everyone else will have something but not me. Joel here that Peter is declaring this is what Joel wrote generations before this is what's happening in this moment that God has promised to pour out his spirit on who on all who were gathered in the room all young and old men and women slave and free no one is excluded and that's what we're stepping into as a church that's what we believe God is doing in these days in us as a church no one is excluded and we want to see all step into the fullness of the work of the spirit in their lives the gifts prophecy miracles words of knowledge tongues the fruit of the spirit 
going being able to love in, in a way that goes beyond our ability to give that displays something to the world around us men and women young and old seeing the spirit of god move and we need the spirit of god to enable that we can all love those that we get on with but when we love those we clash with that's a work of the spirit to soften our hearts to love like he loves without the presence we cannot step into the fullness of our inheritance we cannot be who god is calling us to be it's a bit like coming out of lockdown I was reflecting on this this week. A few weeks ago, we we all walked past restaurants and shops that we knew existed, but they were closed to us, weren't they? We could see the doors. We could see the signage. We knew there was something beyond, but we couldn't get to it. We were restricted from it. It was closed. But now things are starting to open up and we hear about people going to these things called restaurants. We even went to the cinema yesterday. And, and you may not have been yourself, but you hear people or maybe you have and, and you start to realise these things are real and you begin to taste and see that it's good. This new way of living becomes open and available to all with less restriction. That's the spirit of God. Some would say that the, 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 the gift of the spirit, the, the pour, outpouring of the spirit on Pentecost, it was only for the apostles. That it's not for everybody and it's certainly not for today. The problem with that thinking is the apostles didn't believe that. If you if we look down, Peter has just declared that that message from Joel and he, he starts to speak to the people that are gathered and they come and they, they start to repent. And it says that the people were convicted. They were cut to the heart, it says in Acts 2. Uh, and, and if you look at verse 38, it says Peter uh, speaks to the people. He replies and says, repent and be baptized, each one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off as many as the Lord our God will call. See, the Holy Spirit wasn't just for the 12. The, the apostles are saying that. They're saying, this is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. This is available to all. See, this is about those who are filled, praying for those who hadn't. And it's for all and it's for your children. So the promise of the gift of the Holy Spirit is for us today. And you might sometimes say, that, that's great, John, but, but what we see here is the people are coming to salvation and they're receiving the Holy Spirit. So we've already got the Holy Spirit and we believe we receive the Holy Spirit when we believe. Yes, absolutely. Scripture is so clear that we receive the Holy Spirit. You, in fact, Paul in Corinthians, he says that no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There is a work of the Holy Spirit in our life that leads us to that point of salvation. You cannot be saved without the work of the Spirit. Jesus says to Nicodemus in John 3 that you cannot be born again except by the Spirit. If you believe in Jesus, then yes, you've received the Holy Spirit. But I'm convinced as I've read Scripture and I'm convinced that, that God has something for us today, that there's a different experience that is being filled with the Holy Spirit, that you receive the Holy Spirit that leads you to that point of salvation. But then there is a baptism, a filling of the Holy Spirit sometimes can happen together. We read that in Acts, them happening together. But sometimes it happens as a separate event in our life where the filling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit gives us the power that enables us to live the life that he's calling us to live. Now, don't just take my word for it. Let's, let's journey through. We're going to journey through just a couple of scriptures in Acts, and then we're just going to invite the Holy Spirit just to come and work. If you read Acts 2, we see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. If we jump forward to Acts chapter 8, we see that Philip in, in verse 5, it says, went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah to them. What we're starting to see is, remember, Jesus told the disciples, be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And we see that through Acts. It journeys through this. Jerusalem, Judea, now we're in Samaria. And they see these amazing signs and wonders. And in verse 12, it says, when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women 
were baptized. So what are we seeing here? What we're seeing here is that Philip has gone. He started to speak to those that are in Samaria, those those mixed race, Jew and Gentile, mixed mixed breed is what they were seen as. They were seen as the lesser. These are our, our, our disgusting neighbours that we, we cannot get on with. And yet the spirit of God is being poured out on them. No one's excluded. And it says that when they believed, they were baptised. So what we see here is people getting saved. Men and women coming to a real living faith in Jesus. And we know they've been saved because it says they've been baptised. Men and women coming to faith and being baptised. And so they received the Holy Spirit. Yes, they received the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. They cannot believe without the work of the Holy Spirit. But look at verse 14. It says, when the apostles who were in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. After they went down there, they prayed for them so the Samaritans might receive the Holy Spirit because it had not yet come down on any of them. So if the Samaritans had already received the fullness of everything that God had for them back in verse 12, why is it then those in Jerusalem are saying we need to send others to go and pray for them so they might receive the Holy Spirit? It's clear they're born again. It's clear they've they've received something of the Holy Spirit, but they've not had the baptism. They've not received the infilling, the, the overflowing power and presence of the Holy Spirit in their life. And if you're struggling to understand it, just look at verse 16. I love how the Bible sometimes makes it so abundantly clear. It says they had not they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. They received the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going to do some more teaching around the Holy Spirit in the future. But for this moment, we need to understand this, that we cannot step into the fullness of who God calls us to be without receiving the Holy Spirit. Yes, when you believe, but also there's a subsequent filling of the spirit to enable and empower us to live, love and look like Jesus. Without the baptism of the spirit. Yes, you are saved. Absolutely. You're going to be with Jesus for eternity. But if you want to live the empowered lifestyle, stepping into the fullness of our inheritance in relationship with the Father, we need to receive the Holy Spirit. And it's distinct from salvation. For me, I can't remember becoming a Christian. I, I grew up in church. I've never had a, a known life in my memory outside of following Jesus. But I can tell you in August 1997, I was baptized in the spirit for the first time. And I say the first time because uh, the, 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 the filling of the spirit is not just a one time only event. It's not like a good health and safety record where we take pride in the numbers of days since our last incident. That's not that's not our life with the spirit. <laughs> life of the spirit, Paul says in Ephesians, is it's there's a moment of outpouring, but it is then continual. We pray that we continually being filled. Ephesians 5, 17 says, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the spirit. In the Greek, the, the phrase be filled by the spirit is is the present continuous tense. So it means there's a moment, but it continues. We need to continually be asked. Only one person in all of human history has ever been fully filled with the spirit and it's Jesus. And so we pray, will you help me be more like him? Fill me today afresh. Pour out your spirit upon us. The actual translation of Ephesians 5, uh, 17, uh, a better translation would be be you being filled. That's what it, that's literally what it means. But that's really bad English, but that's Greek. It's, it's not a one time event. Be you being filled as you live your life, live your life being filled. So you might say, John, I was filled with the spirit in 1972. Glory. Hallelujah. And that is fantastic. That is amazing. But it's not a one time event. There is an outpouring and it continues. We need to be continually filled, not because we leak, 
but because we need to increase presence of the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled in order to live the life that God is calling us to live. And actually, Paul makes it really clear that the, 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 uh, he presupposes that we're filled with the Spirit. And then he goes on to speak about our words, singing to one another with, uh, with, with psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. That actually our language becomes one of worship where we build each other up. We don't knock each other down. It's not about my opinion being heard. It's about our love for one another. And, and the language towards each other becomes a language of worship. It's only possible by the Spirit. He goes on to address relationships. And he says in verse 21 of, of Ephesians 5, he says, uh, be submissive, submit to one another. And then he goes on to talk about marriages, husband and wife, parent and child. All possible because of the filling of the spirit. Because the filling of the spirit changes us. Because the Holy Spirit is now the dominating force in our lives. And so we're filled to become more like the one who fills us. We're empowered so we don't desire the stuff that stops us being fully who God created us to be. That stuff starts to taste horrible in our mouth. It leaves, it leaves us feeling uncomfortable. Stuff we used to do, we no longer do. Instead, our lives start to become one of worship and thanksgiving and loving relationships. This is only possible day after day with the filling of the spirit that continues throughout our whole life. And it's for you. Not for a select few of Jesus's closest disciples, not just for the Jewish apostles. Remember, Jesus said to the, 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 the apostles in Acts chapter one, wait for the spirit and you'll receive my power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the ends of the earth. This is for you now to, to take with and to pass on to all of those that will be my followers, disciples making disciples. And what we see in as we journey through Acts, Acts chapter 10, now we start to see the ends of the earth stuff. Because up to this point, we've seen the Jewish believers getting filled with the spirit. But now we start to see from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth. We start to see the non-Jews being filled with the spirit. Gentile believers, the majority, I'm guessing, that are watching right now. And Acts chapter 10, Peter's going to go to the Gentiles and he's feeling really anxious about it. In fact, the spirit has to speak to him three times in a vision that, for him to have to go to speak to these people. And he goes and he arrives and there's a house that is filled with people. And in Acts chapter 10, verse 44, it says, while Peter was speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came down on all those who heard the message. Who received the message? All. I hope you're getting it. I'm wanting to emphasize that today. So no one is feeling excluded. All. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came down, came down on all those who heard the message who received the spirit All. how did the people receive the spirit it says uh, the spirit came down on all those who heard the message now this is more than just being within earshot of somebody speaking when the bible speaks about hearing it's, it's talking about hearing and faith this is this isn't just listening but this is listening and believing that's why paul when he speaks to the church in galatians 3 he said did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard Believing and hearing are combined in this receiving of the spirit. So how did they receive the spirit? They believed and they heard. And in verse 45, it says the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. What is the Holy Spirit? It's a gift. So it says the gift of the Holy Spirit. Who's the Holy Spirit for? It's for all. How did they receive the Holy Spirit? By believing and hearing. Who is what is the Holy Spirit is a gift. Who knows if I if I have to really strive to receive a gift 
Like I'm just trying my hardest to be the best husband I can ever be to Kara. And I'm just like, I'm just living my, I'm just grit determination to be everything I can to earn the gift that she's got for me for my birthday. Who knows by that point, it's not a gift anymore. If I have to go really intense to prove that I deserve the gift, it's not a gift anymore. I, I, I've, I, I've, I've earned that gift by that point. The Holy Spirit is a gift poured out even on the Gentiles. See, the Holy Spirit is given to all who receive by faith, hear by faith, because the Holy Spirit is a gift. Look what starts to happen in verse 46. For they heard them speaking in tongues and declaring the greatness of God. I don't think there's any doubt in this moment that people have been filled with the Spirit. People start speaking in tongues. And some may do that today. Maybe you've never had that experience and God's got that gift for you today. And it's speaking a language, which I think Paul is speaking of in 1 Corinthians 14 as this heavenly language, a form of prayer that builds us up. And it can be in public and it can build up the body as somebody speaks out in tongues and somebody else uh, feels that God gives them interpretation. We've had that in our church moments of that. This is this is a language of our own before God where we can pray in situations where we don't know what to pray or we're overwhelmed in that moment or we don't know what to, to share with God and we can speak in this language that God understands. And it's praying in tongues. I think it's what Paul speaks about in Romans 8 as well. Speaking in tongues. It's a gift of the spirit. Like prophecy, words of knowledge. Now, some would say that speaking in tongues is the marker of being filled with the spirit. If you don't speak in tongues, then you've not been filled with the spirit. And I think there's been a lot of condemnation over people's lives in that area. I know many mature believers who don't speak in tongues. And I know many immature believers who do speak in tongues. It's not the mark of our maturity. There's so many moments in Acts where people are filled with the spirit and tongues is not mentioned. Tongues is not the marker of our maturity and growth and our walk with Jesus. It's one of them. It's a gift. I want to encourage you to ask Jesus for it. It's empowering. It, it builds us up. But if you don't speak in tongues, it doesn't mean you're not filled with the spirit. Acts 4, we look at the filling of the spirit and we see what it actually results in people's lives, the transformation. And it start, we start to see that actually the, the infilling of the spirit starts to lead people to speak the word of God with boldness. In Acts 9, we see Ananias lays his hands on Saul and say so he's filled with the spirit and immediately he's healed. Healing can come with the, with the filling of the spirit. And then he's empowered to go into the, the synagogues of Damascus and preach Jesus. There's a boldness and an empowerment to go and live our life in our workplaces, our friend, to tell people that Jesus is the one that helps me to live the life that I live. And there's a boldness in that, boldness in mission. And in Acts 14, we see those that are filled with the spirit. There is a joy. I encourage you to go and study this, the work of the spirit and just see how many times joy and spirit are alongside each other. That in spite of circumstances, in Acts 14, actually, it's persecution. And it says that there is a joy in the Holy Spirit. There's an accompanying joy that you can't control that is the filling of the Spirit. Now, I'm, I'm wanting to finish because I want us to give us enough time. And we're going to, uh, you may need to go and you need to log off. And that's the joy of Zoom. But for those that want to just stay and just uh, allow the Spirit just to do some work, then I want to encourage us in that. I want to encourage us. And I want to I finish with this, that. What we see in Pentecost is that there's a boldness of the work of the spirit in people's lives to start to reach those that have never heard. And I wonder if God is wanting to pour something out upon us that will start to see transformation in our life, but also the life of those around us. Maybe for you, this is the first time that you've ever thought of this idea of being filled with the spirit. Maybe you gave your life to Jesus, but you've never experienced what we've explored this morning. Maybe you feel like there's something lacking in your life. I want to end with this amazing quote from uh, 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 
a pastor from years ago called A.W. Tozer. He's not a Pentecostal. So this is not a Pentecostal message. He is very much in the evangelical tradition. But he says this in his sermon on uh, being filled with the spirit. I think it might encourage you. He says this. He says, maybe you feel in your heart that you just cannot go on as you are. That the level of spirituality to which you know yourself called is way beyond you. If you feel there is something that you must have or that your heart will never be satisfied or that there are levels of spirituality and mystic deeps and heights of spiritual communion, purity and power that you have never known. If there is a fruit that you know you should bear but do not, victory that you know you should have but have not, I would say come on because God has something for you today. This is A.W. Tozer writing this. And I want to echo what he says and says, I think God's got something for us today. And so I just want to invite those of you that feel this morning, that actually what, what Toes has just said there, or what we've just explored through the book of Acts, that God, I need, I need you to pour out your spirit into my life. Then I want to invite us just to, to start to posture ourselves to receive the Holy Spirit. And we're going to just walk through that over these next few moments together. And we're not going to work this up. This isn't about an experience this is about an encounter. So for those that want to receive, I just want to encourage you right now. Why don't you just physically posture yourself in a place to receive a gift? Maybe you want to put your hands out. Maybe you just want to stand. Maybe you want to change the position you're in right now to show God, I acknowledge that you're here. Then Vicky, I just invite you just to, to play as well. Let's just, let's just allow the spirit of God to move. Why don't we just start by, by welcoming the spirit? Why don't you speak out? God, I, I acknowledge what we've read today, that you, you're with us, your presence is here. We welcome you. We acknowledge that you're here. Why don't you just declare? God, you said you want to fill all. God, will you come and fill me with your spirit? Come, Holy Spirit, acknowledge your presence with us. For those that are filled with the Spirit, maybe you're satisfied and you can, where you are right now, you're like, I'm, I'm good, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in that place, I don't, I don't need this prayer, then if you're satisfied, then I'm satisfied. And, and I want to encourage you, why, why don't you start to pray for those right now in our church family, those that are watching online, that are wanting to receive God this way. Why don't you start to pray for them? Receive by believing what you've heard. A declaration. God, you're here. You're here by your spirit. God, I know you want to fill me. I invite you now, come and fill me by your presence. Holy Spirit, come and fill me.
was just praying this week and I was, I was asking God, I'm pleading with God for his presence. Now that we can't step into that which he's got for us. And as I was praying, I just, there was just a few people that I just felt in this moment. Uh, and I felt that for some, you, you don't know how to receive because you only ever received when you were good. And all you can see in this moment is how not good you are. You only got gifts when you were a child because you were good. Well done, here's a gift. I want you right now to believe by hearing that God wants to pour his spirit out. Uh, and we need to put more faith in God's goodness than our brokenness. But it's by God's goodness that he gives his spirit. Just ask and you will receive. Not ask and we'll wait until you, you deserve what you're going to get. So I want you to start to ask now. Ask, Holy Spirit, you just fill me. I, I need your power and presence in my life. Let's just start to pray for those that, that might relate to you this morning. I want to sense like this, apologise for everything. You don't need to apologise for coming and asking your Heavenly Father for the gift of the Spirit in your life, the power of the Spirit in your life. You're his child and he wants to give you, you Luke 11 says if, if our earthly fathers know how to give good gifts how much more does our heavenly father know how to give good gifts to those who ask him and he will give the Holy Spirit we can ask and it's his goodness I also think maybe there's some that are fearful of, of opening up to God maybe maybe you just you're frightened of what God might do in your life what he might take from you might, might call you into frightened of like is this still going to go a bit weird I encourage you and say Luke 11 it says again if you ask for the spirit that's what he gives so if you come to your father and you say father I'm asking for the spirit of God right now we can trust in God to pour out the spirit some right now maybe there's a presence you just you just sense a peace that surrounds you maybe i was praying for somebody uh, a couple of weeks ago and we were just praying that the holy spirit just come and fill them and they said i feel an intense heat maybe you feel something tangible maybe you can start speaking in tongues acts 2 says of those that started to speak in tongues it said they spoke and the lord gave the utterance but if you desire to speak in tongues right now start to speak what Acts 2 says, it says the people spoke and it was the Lord that gave the utterance. And we can just start to speak and it's, the, it's God that empowers that. So start to pray, just start to, to give praise to Jesus. And just ask God, oh, I want to receive the gift of tongues just as a, 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 a love language between me and you. It will just strengthen and encourage us. You start to speak out. I encourage you if you sense something that God is doing at this moment why don't you just write it in the chat why don't we encourage each other we can't see what God's doing but we can encourage each other and as we read Acts we see it was tangible physical stuff was happening in people's lives why don't you start to share right now maybe you've got a word maybe there's some gifts that God's going to start to pour out in this moment words of knowledge Maybe you just seek him. There's going to be a, you get a picture, you get 
get a word, you get a scripture, when you start to share that, let's build each other up. The filling of the spirit always benefits other people. Come Holy Spirit. Just in this moment, we're just going to leave a few moments. You may need to go and we know the time, that's fine. We're just going to keep pressing in for another few moments. Just going to invite Ben and Vicky just to keep playing. We're just going to give space and time right now. God, just to move. Come Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence. Pour out your spirit. We need you. Will you come in power right now into people's lives? Start to move in a way that only you can. Bring your power into people's lives. But right now, in this moment, there's going to be deliverance in people's homes. Deliverance from things that have held them captive. They've never been able to break that chain, but by your falling of your spirit and empowering them, there's going to be a new presence upon them that will catapult them into a new way of living. God, will you pour out your spirit now? Welcome.
speaking earlier he, he he mentioned these three things the committed the confused and the critical and uh, in a moment ben vicky i'd love us to just go back into that set of fire in my soul um but today you, you might as john mentioned you might be in the, that committed group you're 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 kind of in your home and you're worshiping jesus and it's it's all good and you're you're uh, you're in the in the zone as it were maybe you're confused and you're not quite sure what to make of it maybe you've had some bad experiences in the past and um, I, I just want to say that in in the confused moments um uh, there's been moments in my life where i've i've been confused about many things um which won't come as a surprise to some of you um but you know when you hear the voice of of truth when you hear somebody speak with clarity and lead you through the confusion it kind of it, it, it kind of just begins to uh, uh, the, the cloud of confusion begins to dissipate. See, Jesus is truth. God is truth. Everything that He says is true. Everything that He is is true. Everything that He does is true. The way that He acts is good and true. And so, when He offers um, this this gift of the Spirit. When he gives us the spirit, it's good and it's true. Because the spirit isn't an impersonal force. He's the third person of the Trinity. He is God himself. And so he is true and he is good. And so in this moment, I just encourage you, you might not be, you still might not be sure, but worship. Begin to worship. And open your heart to God in a way that it, 
it makes room for you to encounter him in fresh ways. And know that he will lead you into into what is good, because that is who he is. And maybe you're critical today. Maybe you've, you maybe owe those bad experiences have have created a, a hardness in your heart. You know, you love Jesus, but you're just not sure. I just want to encourage you that to remain in a, a critical state just creates a hardness of heart where there'll be no movement. And, and so the only way to begin to even break out of that is to recognize what it is. And do you know, I, I've been there, uh, you know, I, 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 criticalness and critical spirit just robs us of joy, robs us of life, rob, robs us of opportunity, robs us of peace, robs us of moments of encounter. And so I just want to encourage you today to open up your heart to God afresh. Lay aside some of those criticisms of others and, and begin to worship Jesus. This is, the, this is the starting point. It is the starting point, the end point. It's the goal, isn't it, that we might worship Jesus and that we might know him and know him increasingly and do what he's called us to do. So Ben and Vicky, as we, as we sing that set of fire in my soul again, I just want to encourage you to allow the, the, these words to draw you to Jesus and allow the Spirit of God to um, set a fire in your soul, to allow passion to arise, to allow joy to arise, to allow his power, his resurrection power to be worked out in your life for his glory.
worship, Lord. Day and night, night and day, let incense arise. Day and night, night and day, let incense arise. Day and night, night and day, let incense arise. Day and night, night and day, let incense Sixteen, we see that it's it's the work of the Spirit. Is that uh, when the Spirit of Truth comes on you in verse thirteen of John sixteen, He will guide you in all truth. What He was saying, but He will not speak on His own, but He will speak whatever He hears. He will declare to you what is to come. And it says here in verse fourteen, He will always glorify Me, because He will take from what is Mine and declare it to you. Spirit glorifies the Son. So we're, we're we're moving into just, just to ending on that song right there of just uh, we we give you all the worship, give you all the praise. And for some that I just wonder whether for some you, you're going to find yourself desiring and longing just to, to worship Jesus more. Yes, with song, but but through your life you're just going to find this this work of the Spirit in your life is leading to a place, leading you to a place where you just want to worship Jesus. You just want to give Him glory. That's the work of the Spirit. The Spirit will lead us to a place where we glorify Jesus. And I wonder if for some right now, maybe you're not even yet a Christian. Maybe you think, I can't receive the Spirit because I've not given my life to Jesus. Well, you can do so now. You can say yes to Jesus. And actually, sometimes the work of the Spirit in our life is by revealing our need for Jesus. Maybe that's what the Spirit is doing in you right now. And actually, if, if we look in, in Acts 10, we see that Peter, uh, Peter prays for the Samaritans to receive the Spirit. And then they have to go back and baptise them. I love the work of the Spirit. It's not nice, neat boxes. And so, you know, we've been limited in being able to baptise people this year. And we're going to have time where we can baptise, but that doesn't stop you from receiving the Spirit. You start to pray, God, will you fill me with your Spirit? You know my heart. Fill me with your Spirit. God's not limited, so let's not limit him. I encourage you, maybe um, maybe you're, you're, you're seeking something to happen in this moment. And I, I think I read, I read Acts and I believe it. And I see tangible things happening. And I believe God's got that to pour out in, in our church. And we're going to journey into some things, allowing God just to move. We're at the start of something, stepping into some things, promises and the fullness of who God is. And the temptation in moments like this is when we've built up an expectation of what God is going to do, we go away disappointed. I do it a lot. 
I leave a service and I'm like, God, this is what you were going to do and you've not done it and I'm disappointed. And it's, it's good in the sense that it's, I've got that much faith to believe, God, this is what you could do. There's some stuff that we can touch on in the book of Acts that we've looked at today that I'm not, I'm not going there yet. God's not saying let's go there yet as a church, but there's some stuff that he's got. But what I do see is in Acts 1, he says, trust and wait. Receive by hearing and listening with faith. Now wait. Maybe God is going to pour out a gift into your life this week. He's going to pour out something because who you're with in that moment, they need to be built up. And you'll know then the evidence of the Spirit's filling in your life. Maybe for some, what I see in Acts, that it was when people were together. Maybe God's grace is saying, I don't want your family member, your kids who aren't watching with you right now. We don't want them to miss out. So when you gather together as a family and you pray, Holy Spirit, you can fill us as a family. So our relationships will start to look something more that glorifies Jesus. Then actually, then he'll start to pour his spirit out. And you'll, you'll sense something of his closeness, his nearness, his outpouring in your life. Because God's grace is, I don't want those people to miss out on it. So why don't you just keep praying this week? I want to encourage you, church. Let's keep seeking him. As we sang at the beginning of this service, God, I pray right now by the work of your spirit, you would give us a hunger to seek first your kingdom. Well, teach us what that means. Seek first the things of your kingdom. God, give us a hunger to glorify you, Jesus. Give us a a desire to live lives that glorify you. By the power of your spirit, will you help us to break free from those things? People sharing in the chat just about uh, being set free from things that hold us, bringing victory in areas of our life. As we sit at your feet, there's a boldness to ask for the things that we need in our life to live what that which you're calling us to be. So God, we, we wait on you. And in our waiting, we step out. We ask for a boldness as we step out to declare who you are. And so as we end this service together, we end this time online, our prayer is this, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Fall afresh on all for your glory. Amen. Church, I want to... I don't know if you do this. I have no idea if you wish people a a very blessed and happy Pentecost, but that's what I'm doing. Uh, And for me, the the Lord is here. His spirit is with us. And that doesn't stop as we we log off right now. Uh, Let's just keep, let's set aside some time this week just to seek him and press into what he's doing as families, as connect groups, as bubbles, whoever you're with. uh, Let's let's start to seek his kingdom, seek him and what he has for us to empower us to live the life that he calls us to. Um, I look forward to those that are with us next week in person. As Ian said, that is going to be recorded, so we will make that available. We don't want to exclude anybody that can't be there in person or you're not ready to be in person yet. We fully understand that. Um, But for those that are, we look forward to being with you next week uh, and uh, praying God's blessing on each of you this coming week uh, for his glory. Amen.